0: All right, Uh, welcome to the God is Awesome podcast. Karen, it's so glad. I'm so glad to have you here.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be here,
0: Aaron. All right, if you're joining us today on the God is Awesome podcast, uh, this is a podcast where we go over uh, regular everyday Christians and their testimonies of how uh, not so everyday eternal God has changed and rocked their lives. (laughs) Um, And so we have on on deck here Karen Decker, but before we get to her and her um, story, I just want to just remind everyone, please follow us and like us on iTunes and Instagram, not Instagram, we're not on there, Uh, (laughs) iTunes and uh, Facebook and join the group and stuff like that. And be sure to share this testimony with anyone who you find that that might like relate to um, Karen and her story as well. Um, and just joining us uh, on the feed, just want to give a quick shout out to anyone joining us live on Facebook to Sherry and, and Tabby. Uh, thanks for joining us. And I'm sure a lot of people will just filter in uh, as well. And uh, Tabby says hi here. Um, so yeah, let's get started. Miss um, Kan, I'm so glad to, that um, you're here today. It took a little bit, but I'm sure I'm fine. I'm glad that we got our schedules all synced up here. Um,
1: yeah, it took me a little while to warm up to the idea. I thought to myself, what what do I have to contribute, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um but Aaron's been so faithful to say that stories are almost like holy ground. Yeah. So every story matters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right?
0: that 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 actually that resonates a lot with me. I heard that from Pastor Scott when we were listening to our testimonies um with new members. He mm-hmm. said that when you listen to someone's story or testimony, it's like where God has walked in this mm-hmm. holy ground. And so with that, uh, I want to kick it over to you. Maybe you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your story, how you grew up, like origin story. Sure.
1: Sure. Well, I, um, I was so blessed to be born and raised by Christian parents. Um, I went to Christian school my whole life. Um, grew up in a, a close-knit community where so many people knew one another. Um, many would look upon my childhood um, and my young adulthood and say that um, it was perfect. it was perfect yeah um christian schools um uh, a great active church Involved in a program which is now called GEMS, even as a little girl. Um, at that time, I had people pouring into my life. So, you, so
0: you were involved in GEMS? Yeah, since it
1: wasn't called GEMS back in the day because okay. I'm about that old. <laughs> um, but it was uh, at its roots, it was called Calvinettes. Okay. And the name changed in uh, the 1990s, mid 1990s. So, um, that's a part of my story for mm-hmm. those who know me and my involvement in that ministry. Right. I was right there in second grade
0: just really uh, quick yeah. uh, karen does a ton of stuff with gems like leading it faithfully for like the longest time <laughs> and so many girls have uh have had like uh you know a lot of good people pour into them uh mm-hmm. and in large part and now it's like like in a bigger broader area right yeah, since just yeah. it's just the church yeah. and so karen i just want to thank you for what you do oh, in your ministry there
1: thank you but uh thank continuing
0: with nice. your story yeah yeah
1: yeah so a great great childhood um At 10 years old, though, there was one thing that kind of blemished that perfect image. And that was when I was asked a very innocent question. Um, And the question was, would you like to know how babies are made? Um, And at 10 years old, that's a very innocent question. So obviously, a 10-year-old girl would just say, yeah, because that's a mystery, right? Mm -hmm. What is that all about? And, And without going into details of what followed after I said yes, um, what I do remember was being told, don't tell your parents, they'll be mad at you and don't tell anyone because they won't believe you. So I tucked that away inside my heart. Um, and at a certain point, the, the person who had asked me if I wanted to know how babies were made, I, about a year transpired. Um, and after about a year, I said, um, this, this isn't right this isn't right and I asked for what was taking place to stop and and that was respected and it stopped at that point but what didn't stop was the repeat in my mind don't tell anyone they won't believe you so as I go through the rest of my life um, there's hardships there's difficulties but why would I tell anybody right because they may not believe the reality of what is really happening so then began the quest to just make everything look perfect. Wow! Right? Yeah, because um, if I was transparent enough, people might might be mad with how I was feeling, or they may not believe it. Right?
0: What do you mean? So, what do you mean by that?
1: Um, like, if the image of perfectionism uh, um, was viewed as such, as being perfect. If I were to go to you, Aaron, and say, you know, I'm really struggling with A, B, or C, right? Mm-hmm. My fear would be that you, Aaron, would be like, oh, that. how can that be? How can I believe that? Because what I'm seeing looks oh, perfect.
0: so like you you were scared that if you were to be transparent and yeah. be real with someone, that they wouldn't accept that as actually real. They and, wouldn't And believe that would play into the lie that you were told earlier right
1: right so it just mm-hmm. became very much a part of who i was that um why would i really tell anybody how i'm feeling because they may not believe it
0: and that right that took place over a year yeah and then how old were you at this time
1: um from 10 years old to 11 years old and so yeah, uh, yeah.
0: And, and so now you have this repeated lie in your brain yeah as you're growing up
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so does that cause you as a young child to portray an image of perfection?
1: I think so. I think that's kind of really the where the root of it came from. I mm-hmm. mean, again, I came from a loving, faithful, Christ-following Christian family. Mm-hmm. Um, so blessed. I don't recall a time where I accepted Jesus as my Savior just because I think it happened when I was so young. Yeah. I just have always known the truth. So after this happened in the setting that I have of this God fearing family, I would never want to be, um, uh, sharing the reality of what happened based upon the lie. Sure. Right. The lie that it's unbelievable, right. It's unbelievable. So life just continued, right. I went through high school, went to Christian college. Um, very blessed by that. I moved to Florida in my twenties. And, and you were fine. You were um, yeah, I think I was fine. Okay. I think I was fine. maybe just because I just repressed huh. what had happened okay. and just chose not to share it with anybody. Yeah. right? I'm just better if I don't say. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so moved to Florida. Uh, I did know my husband at that time, although we weren't married. Um, that's a part of the story, a different podcast perhaps. (laughs) Um, so we were married and, um, and he too came from a Christian family. Just, just consider ourselves so blessed to have this story, right? Mm -hmm. This heritage of faith throughout um, years and years. Um, We enjoyed just being a young married couple for for five years. And then we were expecting our first child, right? You know, right? The joy, the excitement, the anticipation. We had waited five years um, um, just thinking again, we're in control. We got this. How old were you? Oh, when I was pregnant? Yeah. I think 29.
0: Okay. I think 29.
1: Yeah. For the first time. And, um, and everything was going great Mm -hmm. up until about 11, 12 weeks into the pregnancy. And then there were signs that things were not progressing as they should. And on a weekend, um, I miscarried the child and, um, it was a Sunday. I was on the phone with the doctor. I remember, um, being in tears, like, what is happening? And him saying, you may be miscarrying this baby. And so we we met him at the hospital, right? Huh. Um, had a procedure that's not uncommon for anyone who's had a miscarriage, and that was a DNC. And little um, was it known to me that um, after the DNC, there was a pathology done on the tissue.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. Pathology. I don't know any um, of these terms. So pathology. <laughs> so what's like, DNC? Like a, what's pathology? Oh, okay. So
1: DNC, it's just to kind of clean out the uterus, right? Oh. It's just a procedure to clean that out. Okay. And then from what is cleaned out, they did a test, a pathology, okay. which determined A, what was wrong with the baby, oh. and then B, it determined the sex. So I'm the mama of a little girl. Um, So I know that it's a little girl. But then in the story afterwards, just those feelings of like having lost a child, like why would I tell anybody the hurt inside of me? Because they might not understand the hurt, Hmm. right? They they might say, like so many well-meaning people say, it's, oh, it's so common. So many people lose their first child. So
0: you were scared of it being diminished.
1: Yeah. 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 So, but God in his infinite wisdom gave us the gift of another baby girl who was born on Christmas day, a year and a half later. So shout out to Danae. I'm sorry that you were born on Christmas day, but, um, (laughs) it was God's gift to me and a reminder that on Christmas Day when Emmanuel comes to Earth and says "God with us," that God was with me mm-hmm. in all of that, right? How,
0: how did that affect you? That first that miscarriage. Um, what did that?
1: There was sadness for a period of time. Um, I also had another. Um, my sister in law was pregnant at the same time. We were due a month apart. So. Um,
0: so you look at your sister. Yeah. And yeah. You've got-
1: yeah, um, that was so long ago, Erin. Though, and it, I, I remember it just being a bit of a struggle. But it's not something that has hung me up okay. now later in life, okay. right? I can look at my sister-in-law's daughter, um, my beautiful niece, who yeah. just graduated from Indiana University and yeah. has her first job, and I can celebrate her, right? But then I can also celebrate God's timing in bringing my girl when I when He did.
0: Could I ask you something? John? Sure. Um, so around the church right now there's a lot of pregnancies yeah yeah um and we could see you know those pregnancies mm-hmm. there undoubtedly is maybe one or two young women mm-hmm. who might have miscarried right um and i know of one okay. mean, in particular w- what would you say to that person When they, when, you know, maybe you see others from like, you know, a standpoint when your years removed or like what kind of wisdom do you have for someone like that?
1: Well, I can say from personal example, um, my niece, uh, miscarried about a year ago and I saw her in January and I just came to her and I gave her a big hug and I looked her in the eyes and I just said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this happened. Please know that I get it. Mm I understand the hurt that I have. And there is nothing that I can say that's going to take away that hurt. But I can assure you that God is with you, right? We don't have to like his plan, right? But he does have a plan, and he is working it together for good Yeah. Um, and I know that in my human words that may not bring the reassurance that that person needs right then and there sure. but I just want her to know in yeah. this case it was my niece or whoever you have in mind right. God sees you he is close to you he uh, he hurts right along with you but he's reminding you I got you sweet girl yeah I still have a plan for you. Just keep trusting in me. Yeah. Yeah. Keep trusting. Amen. So Amen. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. from there you have you have uh, Danae.
1: Yeah, I have my daughter Danae. Um, wow. my Christmas gift. Um, just um, both of my kids are my joy. Yeah. I say I say one girl, one boy. I have a favorite daughter. I have a favorite son. <laughs> and they they are quick to say, but I'm your only daughter or I'm your only son and I say, but that makes it easy, yeah. right? <laughs> No, yep. but in all truthfulness, they are gifts. Um, children are a gift from God. For sure. um, but as you raise children, um, sometimes, too, that perfectionism comes right in. Because we can clean up and look really good on Sundays, can't we? Right? Yeah. Or when we come to Bible study or when we um, pour into maybe a ministry. like right? We can just say, oh, yeah, life is good. Everything's great. Um, so that perfectionism would just play through as I um, uh, homeschooled my kids. Um, How does that,
0: how does that look when your perfectionism um, carried out into homeschooling your kids? What does that look like?
1: Oh, I had big standards. (laughs) We had to check all the boxes. It all had to be done. Um, uh, I never said that they had to be like a students, but it must've been my perfectionistic tendencies that put pressure then on my kids to perform well too.
0: Um, is there a balance there, or is it over, is it like, what's the difference between putting a standard on your kids and perfectionism, and what does that do for your children? Yeah,
1: um, is there a balance? I think I continue to learn balance the mm. older I get, mm. right? Okay. Um, and even now, as my kids are college age, and they'll be like, oh, I was so close to getting an A, I got an 89%. So the balance now comes in that I can still speak into that and say, but did you give your best? Mm. Right. I'm not asking for perfection. God's not asking for perfection because none of us can achieve that. Have you done your best? Mm -hmm. Right. Like my life verse from um, First Corinthians, I believe, 1031, you know, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Is that perfection? No. Are you doing your best and you're doing it to glorify God? Then then that should be your standard. Yeah. That should be your standard. What
0: is uh what does perfection do for someone in ministry, right? You've been in ministry for a long um, time now. And at ah, the highest levels too, like ah, leading and stuff like that. Yeah. So what does that do for ministry?
1: What does that do for ministry? Um, I can only speak for myself, mm-hmm. right? That perfectionistic tendency means um has meant for me that I carry the weight of all of it. And and by no means then am I saying nobody helps a lot of times I'll be quick to say, I got it. I got it. It's under control. Right. Um, so perfectionism in ministry can wear people down. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. Has there been a time where you felt that? Yeah. Oh, for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Somebody asked me, um, we had a little event on Saturday for girls and one of the ladies asked me, how long have you been doing this? And I had to think for a while, you know, um, you know, here at Sunlight, I've been kind of serving since that, since Pastor Scott came. So yeah. we're looking at 15 years in yeah. yeah. gems for 12 years. And she was in awe of that in here, my heart, I'm not looking for awe, Sure. right? I'm just serving yeah. right? and doing the best that I can. But as i continue to serve i realize i can't keep trying to make this look perfect right. because i can't do it all myself right that's why we get the privilege of inviting people in so does that right?
0: is that when you're when you have perfectionism you you want to restrict giving out donation yeah. yeah
1: for me yeah because i have a certain way it's supposed to sure, look sure, right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but i'm learning um, as I grow as a servant of the Lord and as I grow in serving him through ministry and leading others, I'm learning that I have to relinquish mm-hmm. so that others can develop their leadership skills, so yeah. others can develop um, their strengths, right? Gotcha. To not always say, I've got it under control. It's perfect, right? Yeah. Um because at the heart of it it's robbing others of their ability to serve well and to rise to what god is calling them to.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. so why the why the need or the drive for perfectionism? Like why mm. you you know right cognitively, mm. you know that it's not something that you, we need to hold on to and yet mm-hmm. like why why do you or anyone not just yeah. you particularly but we're here right yeah. why are you so drawn to perfectionism why why is it such a a motivator in yeah. life and has been or you know maybe diminished over years or like what's what's going on there
1: i can think there's perhaps twofold reasons um, one from the flesh and one that's founded on scripture okay so the flesh in me would say if i'm struggling or i'm having a hard time I'm not going to tell anybody because they may not believe it. Right? Yeah. They're always quick to say, oh, Karen, you're so good, or you've got it all under control. Like, yeah. how could you be struggling? No, you'll be fine, right? What,
0: what does that do to you when you get um, that response?
1: Again, that too can be like, maybe I'm just looking for encouragement, but mm-hmm. can but it also can feel like the way I'm really feeling doesn't matter. Um, but then the other reason, what is perfectionism, how does that play out, um, it, it boils back to that scripture of doing everything for God's glory. Yeah. So so God's not calling for perfection, but he's calling us to do our best, yeah. right? Because yeah. if we're doing it for God's glory, then we're striving to do our absolute best, Yeah. right?
0: Wow. So what would you say to someone? who's struggling with perfectionism keeping a, a front yeah. you know and or i guess there are two two ways of perfectionism right maybe or maybe there's more i don't know mm-hmm. there's one you keep the facade up that everything mm-hmm. life is great right yeah. life you know everything's on fire but you're like everything's fine yeah. and then there's the other one where you want to prevent something from going wrong right yeah. so that's kind of the ministry part that i was hearing mm-hmm. and then there's the facade so what what do you say to someone who's struggling with perfectionism
1: um, Maybe I'm speaking to myself. Find somebody who's safe.
0: Mm.
1: Find somebody who's safe that what do you, you mean can. By that? Um, somebody that you feel comfortable. Somebody that you know will hear what's on your heart, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Without yeah. judgment and yeah, won't, and won't diminish anything. Yeah,
1: yeah, and say, "Oh, come on, just take a deep breath. It'll be okay." Yeah, yeah. Like, Are, what if I don't want to take a deep breath right now? <laughs> let me ask you
0: something. You said you you had like a, a Christian upbringing and you know, perfect Christian yeah. or like upbringing. Did people look to you as like a rock, or um, did people look to you as like like oh she's got it all together? Maybe she could give help me. Like, did you feel the weight of anyone's else, anyone else's like faith or? Anything like that? Like, did people look to
1: you? I, I don't think so. I, definitely not as a child, okay. right? Because I was surrounded by, I was a oh, very. You a culture. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Gotcha. I was in, and if I were to say to you, I was in a Dutch Christian Reform culture. Gotcha. I yeah. was very much surrounded. Okay. Right? Got it. Where I live now in Florida and mm. raising children here versus the way I was raised in the Midwest, two different things. <laughs> gotcha. Two okay. different things. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Got so, it. did I have people looking to me? Um, through my teen years, my early 20 years? No, no, because because I went to a school much like Calvin College. Yeah. Um, it,
0: and it made I, it easy. Yeah. to, Yeah, like, just, it made
1: it easy, right? So mm-hmm. you're not challenged to really live your faith. yeah. So um, as I go back and look at all these different things that God has put into play, you know, that lie when yeah. I was little, yeah. right? Um, uh, to some of the, the heartaches that I've addressed as an adult, to where he's called me now to serve right mm-hmm. recognizing our sin seeing our need for a Savior and now serving yeah. I can see um, that all of God's Word is true well wow. right yeah. right so if he says that he loves so much that he's given his son it's now that I really believe it right mm-hmm. and see that that message of his love that you are loved period mm-hmm. is imperative yeah. that people know it to the depth of who they are. Yeah. Right. Because if that truth isn't worth sharing, then we've been defeated by the enemy. Yeah. Right. So again, that lie as a, as a child, don't tell anyone they won't believe you. I don't want that to play into the biblical capital T truth because what is true in the Bible is so believable. It's believable for everyone. And so those promises that God gives us, I think of one right now. I know the plans that I have for you, mm. plans to prosper and not to harm you, right? Jeremiah. He's Yeah, yeah. Um, if I can believe that they're true for me, then I've got to release perfectionism yeah. over my children, right? Because those mm. same promises yeah. are true for them, yeah. right? Um, those same promises are true to those that I lead um. In Sunlight Gems Girls Club, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I can look back and say, Thank you, Lord, for that lie, because it's now spurred me on to be more bold in sharing the capital T really. the truth. Yeah. yeah. The capital truth of how are you feeling today? You know, I may be feeling weak, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, because I don't have to pretend like it's perfect. No. Um, you know, if somebody's struggling with having a miscarriage, I can tell them the truth. God's sees you, yeah. he catches your tears in a bottle because his word says that yeah. and it's true, right? Yeah. God has a plan for you because his word says that you can hang your hat on it, yeah. right? Um, so my story, as I look back at some of the heartaches and the hurts and sometimes wonder why, I know the why now. It's so that I can keep pointing others to the truth of who he is. Yeah.
0: Amen. So, Amen. Yeah. Dang, Miss Karen preaching today. Miss <laughs> Karen preaching. Um, I want to thank you for uh, this amazing podcast. And I know You're it's, awesome. it's, it's very, uh it's vulnerable and it's hard. And, um you know, sometimes you just don't, you don't, you don't want to, you know, so, you know, mill you or stay in the past there. And, but, yeah. uh, but it's really been holy ground and, Thank you for sharing. Uh, I got one last question for you, but before we do that, uh, guys, if you are still with us, we want to just give a quick shout out to everyone who's still with us. Tabby, uh, Glenna, Michael, just a whole bunch of you guys. Um, Thank you for making it this far. Be sure to like and share and subscribe and all that stuff. And give us some reviews on iTunes, it'd be good. And for last thing, support Miss Karen. Share her story with someone who um, is struggling with perfectionism um mm-hmm. and any of the stuff that we talked about today so miss karen uh last thing why do you think and i know you kind of already answered it and it's such a gospel filled <laughs> last was- thing but it's it's got to be done yeah. why do you think god is awesome
1: i think god is awesome because his word is true he loves his children with an everlasting love we just have to choose to believe it and then go and live fully in that love
0: yeah yeah amen amen thank you miss karen thank you guys for joining us and we will see you next time
1: thank you